Today on Conversations with Clint, we are recording yet another edition of Back Porch Podcasting. And today, my guests are State Representative Tina Pickett, of whom I share Bradford County with, as well as State Representative Seth Grove, a frequent flyer here on our podcasting show, uh, Conversations with Clint. You are from York County and a regular here. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thanks for having us. I am on Outlet Studio ground. This is awesome. That's right. Now, again, folks, if you are easily distracted by tractors, trucks, or my son's pigs, which is his latest business adventure, I am sorry. Um, We are taking advantage of this beautiful weather while it lasts. Here in northern Pennsylvania, we take every day as a gift if it's nice. So, And if it sounds like the wind is blowing, which I'm sure most of you are saying, boy, there's what is that noise in the background? It is a windy day. It is a windy day. And you're on a knoll. That just adds to it. We are up on top of a hill. So I am sorry if that bothers you. Um, But it's the way it's going to be, right? It absolutely is. Well, there's sunshine with it. That helps. That's that's right. So there's uh, four things that we're going to tackle today. For those of you who are listening, watching, wanted to give you a heads up. We are going to talk about contact tracing and the data that is now coming out. We're going to also talk about restaurants moving forward. Some ideas around that. Tina was actually a is a former recovering restaurant owner, right? That I am, but I'm telling you what, I don't know if I fully recovered. I tell all of my friends, if you see me buying one, suggest to me, not now. <laughs> now, now would be a tough time. We're going to talk about restaurants. We're also going to talk about the United States uh, Department of Justice investigation of the Wolf Administration and the handling of our nursing homes, as well as the secret car show deal that was uncovered and how that all happened. Give a special shout out to Seth and his his help to make that happen. So, without further ado, let's get started with contact tracers. Tina, I'm going to start with you. Um, Pre March 13th, we had never heard the phrase contact tracer, right? Maybe pre May 15th, I had never heard the phrase contact. Yeah, I had to learn to say contact and not contract tracer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So what is do. it? What 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 do they do? What what is your understanding of what a contact tracer is and does? Suppose a lot. Supposedly, a lot of them have been hired by the governor. But my understanding is, if someone receives a positive test, they are reported to the Department of Health, who immediately triggers a tracer, who will begin to work with you to contact people whom you may have been around. I understand within the pre forty eight hours to that to that positive uh, testing to tell them they've possibly been exposed and suggest under the circumstances under which they were exposed, maybe they need to get tested, maybe they need to quarantine, or whatever else might be involved at that point. But it is really, the intent, of course, is to control the spread. Right. And these individuals are hired. They're, they're, they're out there trying to figure out where the connection might be. And oftentimes we're, are, are referenced as, uh, in, in relation to data, in decisions that we're making okay so contact tracers um, found X Y and Z and thus we're going to do ABC that would be kind of what their what a part of their goal is to, to help give us information or the administration information um, but Seth one of the things that you've been working on um, specifically would be you know some of the data around this information that's coming out talk a little bit about some of the things that that um, that were uncovered um, by some reporters in relation specific, specifically to restaurants and bars. 
Yeah, so when Governor Wolf ordered the second round of kind of, so to speak, business closures for bars and restaurants, I know he said you could keep capacity to 25%, but it, in effect, it closed and continues to close many bars and restaurants across the Commonwealth. Um, they said they had data showing that that was the driving cause of the coronavirus um, throughout Pennsylvania because we were seeing a, 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 an increase at the time. Um, so a CBS 21 local news reporter asked for the data uh, from the contact tracing to, to kind of warrant the statewide right. order. The proof is in the pudding. Right, yeah. If, it's, if, it, if you're saying this is why, show us mm-hmm. on paper. It's much easier, especially for us, when we're the ones getting hit with questions, yeah. you know, as to what's going on. Definitely. So keep going. Sorry. I, I, no, and it's legitimate to say, you know, why is this happening? You know, I, I've said this before. Pennsylvanians aren't dumb people. You know, if you say, you know, here's the data we're seeing. This is why we made the decision. I think a reasonable person would say, you know what? That makes sense. Um, okay. We understand now. Um, but what we get time and time again from the administration is we made this decision. It's the best thing. Just trust us. I mean, trust us for the government, right? Uh, questionable. So um, CBS 21 was actually af- a- able to get the data because of a right to know request. Um, at one point, the governor said he'd give it. And then he said he's not. And then to the point of Secretary Levine saying we have no granular data whatsoever. Um, basically, they admitted that the entire order came from data from Allegheny County. So you up in the northern tier, who Clint and I were talking earlier, like, your lifestyle is social distancing. Yes, like, we, you're, we love that. Oh, that's well described. Yeah, you're that's... you're here to social distance. You don't want to be around people. And no, ish. I like being around people, <laughs> but I do like being out here by myself. If too. we can see a neighbor, we're around people. Right. If we can see their property half a mile away. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot different than you know my neighborhood in York or you know big cities where you know. Petition time, you can get like five trillion people in five minutes. Where here, you're <laughs> it's a walking half a mile to, to get us right. I mean, but we do drive, we yeah. do have vehicles here. So, so they finally did release contact trace, con- contact tracer data. Um, months later, the first tranche came out August 14th. Um, you know, 24,468 confirmed cases. So, like, for a statewide policy to come back and say, you know, it's bars and restaurants, how many people do you think of that 24,000 would have to have been in a bar and a restaurant? Well, I read your data that you gave to all of us, and I look forward to it every single day, Representative Grove, and we totally appreciate what you do and the research of data that you send us on a daily basis. It was very small, 1,400 maybe, something Yeah, it was even lower than that. It It actually came out to be 705 said they went to a restaurant 360 said they went to a bar and uh really it's, wasn't allegheny county already addressing the issues within their own boundaries they knew that they yeah. needed to step things back mm-hmm. a little there didn't need to be a statewide move on this because allegheny was already working to try to contain that yeah. and that's what we've been told for a long time mm-hmm. it's going to rise up in some areas try to contain it within those areas yeah. And, you know, to have a statewide policy based on one county that impacts the entire state, um, and that wasn't happening here. It wasn't happening in probably a majority of Pennsylvania. Uh, There's some places we haven't seen a new case in weeks, Uh, but yet they're under this stranglehold of this uh, order from the governor. 
you know, the next tranche of data for a week uh, came out August 14th to 20th. So you'd think with the new order um, that you would see a drop in people going to bars and restaurants. So this is right? important, folks. Listen, yeah. this is what's interesting that, that Seth's going to talk about here. How if if the reason was our restaurants and bars, then the data should go down because we close them, right? Right. And and you, you would have less people going to them, and you would see cases falling off. Um, now, cases drop. Like, we're seeing a decline in cases, but the same percentage of people are still going to bars and restaurants. Um, actually, 47% of respondents at the last data point we had went to a restaurant. It's 50% for that week. So it was actually an increase. More people went to said that said to said a contact, I went to a, I went a restaurant. To a um, bars are down to seventeen percent, but still seventeen percent. It's pretty close. It was twenty four percent to seventeen percent. Um, seven seven percent is really not too much of a big deal. Um, so, you know, was it really the bars and restaurants that drove this? I mean. One would say maybe having thousands of people protesting and rioting for weeks on end, all of a sudden not doing that anymore may have an impact. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there for a suggestion. Totally unmentioned. Yeah. Right. Um, so, like, you know, when you look at the data and, you know, you, you, you should be able to see a drop because less people were going. That's not the case. So what is the driving theme behind this? I mean, um People visiting a business, only 13% of respondents said they visited a business. So the data is almost saying you're safer visiting a business than not. And two, there's no guarantee. So you could go to a gym, fitness, get your hair done, go to a restaurant, go drinking at a bar. Um, you have a less chance of doing all those things in one day than getting COVID in some other manner that they're not reporting on. But again, statewide, we're all locked down because of Allegheny County and data not warning that policy anymore. And Absolutely. it's still in effect. Right. Yeah, it is still And that's what we're going to talk about next because here we are. How many weeks since the, the 25% uh, threshold that we were put in? And our restaurant owners are still saying, what's the plan? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Where are we going? Like nobody's talking about anything. And we haven't heard anything about the, the restaurants from the governor at all. On, on a path forward. So, Tina, a question for you. Former restaurant owner, recovering restaurant owner, whatever we want to call it. How how does it work at 25%? Does, first, does first, it work? First of all, if I were, um, seriously would like to say, if I, if I knew exactly how to contact the governor, which is literally an impossibility for all of us, I would say, Mr. Governor, do you remember that you have the number two industry in Pennsylvania, the hospitality industry, basically shut down for weeks on data that doesn't back up doing that. Uh, employees uh, everywhere in jeopardy for, for their job on a permanent basis. Um, you run a restaurant, I can tell you that um, volume, it, I ran restaurants in rural areas. My volume number was going to be a little bit hard to come by anyway more than in an urban area and i knew that um, there were many nights a week if i didn't fill those seats many days on the weekend if i didn't fill those seats i was not going to pay the mortgage i was not going to pay the property taxes i was not going to pay my insurance bill and for goodness sakes my payroll was going to be a crisis that week 
So it does not work. Even even at 100%, it's a tough business. It's a great business. I enjoyed it immensely, and I obviously we all enjoy restaurants. But I'll tell you what, it's not an easy business to make the bottom line. And now we first told them 50%. Whoa, that's really rough. They did their best to try to adjust, tried not to lay off people. For a while, the PPP from the federal government helped. That was quickly gone, covering payroll. Yeah. Quickly gone, because this was so much longer. And then we hand them a 25%. Uh, with uh, no vision of how to get and what, what no the community vision. needs to do. Mm-hmm. What do we as a state need to do, or specifically the north central Pennsylvania? What do we do to and get to that? One of the things step? prior to that answer, our, one of our answers to that, uh, prior to that, I want to say that our uh, chairman of our House Policy Committee, Marty Causer, had a very, very... Uh, well done and well spoken three hour hearing on this subject with owners who were incredibly impressive about how they were trying to save their businesses and what they had done. He also had the president of the Pennsylvania Restaurant Association on that uh, in that hearing that day who said we had been working with the governor on a very close basis to make sure that our operators understood what they needed to do to make sure we were doing everything we could. Nobody wants to cause a problem in their own establishment. That's a, an absolute terrible thing. So the, the, he was really astounded that the, when the governor made the decision, he did not talk with them. He shut them down. He stopped all communication and just put down that decree. Since then, can they get to him? No. No. So one thought that we've been talking a little bit about over the last several weeks is uh, there was a... Uh, some classifications, I'll say, for lack of a better term, for our schools or guidances put out that had to do with community spread. So there's three tiers. You have low, medium, and high impact of community spread. And basically our schools were told, hey, so if you're in low, then you should definitely be doing in-person education. If you're in mid, then maybe you should be doing a hybrid. Maybe you should be bringing some students in, keeping some kids at home. You know, If you're in a high impact area, let's go to full remote. And it's all based on current data not not like okay you had over the last five months you've got x amount of cases it's current data active cases in your community which is the way it should be released weekly right released weekly Mm -hmm. that's what um, our school districts are all being told they should follow so the question is why not follow a similar format for our restaurants so say you know north central pennsylvania is in low community spread why wouldn't our restaurants be allowed to go to 75%? Hmm. It makes sense. The data shows that, that we should be able to do that. And it would be and, and they can social distance. They can keep the tables apart. They can do whatever. Or, or just say you have to follow the CDC guidelines and keep thing, pe- people six feet apart, all that fun stuff. But And then maybe if you're in the mid-level, you go to 50%. You know, high level, you go back down to 25%. To me... That makes sense. What say you guys? Well, absolutely. Not only just for the restaurant business, but for all of our businesses. The the right. blanket decrees have been one of the major ways that I have felt very, the governor's been very, very wrong right from almost day one. He's wanted to classify. Yes, he did some county, some red, yellow, green. But basically, he was really judging people way beyond what their problems were in their own individual given areas. And when you talk an area like this, Northern Tier, we were the subject to uh, decrees that really were coming from a lot of er- area, other areas throughout for all of our businesses, 
but our restaurants right now are the ones that are and 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 all hospitality businesses really are seriously in stress so we have got to pull together in that direction i think that this this kind of makes sense to me and it and it's and it gives our restaurant owners and our community something to all work for towards right so right now we're just kind of in limbo like we don't know what we need to do and we said this when we were stuck in different the red light green light process right Mm -hmm. like we didn't know what to like you just said you're going to be here for a while well tell us what we need to do to get to the next phase like and we can work towards it we can actually do it well our restaurant owners are saying what do we need to do and our community members are saying what do we need to do well if we if we continue to follow these guidelines and 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 our numbers stay in check then we'll get there Hmm. or we or we could automatically be there today which would make sense i mean we're a big state setting a statewide policy for the entire state doesn't make sense i would argue that probably the stay-at-home order for the 19 most populous counties probably did the biggest thing curbing um, the only onset of, of COVID and community spread. I am particularly certain that a statewide um, stay-at-home order really didn't change any direction in rural Pennsylvania whatsoever, uh, particularly the, the businesses and so forth. Um, I think a lot of businesses could have operated safely um, with the right protocols put into place. Um, but, you know, again, putting that statewide policy on a very big state didn't make sense. And it really doesn't make sense today. And you, your, your point of um, let's look at local numbers and make local decisions is the direction we should be going in moving forward. Um, st- statewide mitigation um, looks different in every part of this, this Commonwealth. Look at Bucks County. Um, used to be a hot spot, right? They have like one or two people in the hospital, zero on the ICU. Yes. I mean, that's a huge, huge population of a county and was a hot spot. Right. Uh, Monco's down. Philly's down. Um, Delaware. Allegheny's down. Yeah. Um, so the the big question is, you know, why is this continuing to happen? Well, that, what, what's the end goal? What what are they really trying to do? One of the things you observed out here on your way in, I'm sure, is we're the land of small business. Oh, yeah. And over and over and over again, we talk to small businesses and throughout this whole thing who, you know, I'm a small business. I sell X, Y, Z, but so does Walmart became the poster child for this or another big box store they're open selling it the entire time now they're not in our backyard but they're selling it and they're close enough for our people to drive to if they can't get it any other way Mm -hmm. but they're probably going to deal with uh you know joe and his local business down the road if they possibly can and they prefer to uh so many times those small business owners would say why why i'm going to have a couple of customers at a time i have one or two employees and i can't sell the product that they have hundreds of people coming for and hundreds of employees. It made no sense. And by the way, have you heard of a Walmart or a Lowe's or a Walgreens or a convenience store close because of COVID spread? No. Even in March, April timeframe? No. Isn't that crazy? Yes. All I mean, that's where everybody was going. Everybody was going there. It was there. like Christmas. Yeah. There's yeah. And early on, no one, there was no mask. There was no cleaning anything. Everybody's touching everything you know they're, they're doing the scan throughs touching all the buttons and i'm not i'm not aware of any I, you know lancaster had like a turkey hill convenience store that closed i was talking to the owner of runners he didn't have one single positive case from any of his employees 
Uh, and that was April time frame. I talked to him. Think about that. I and mean, that was pre-masking, pre masking, yeah, pre, pre all that. Yeah. Yeah. So my message and through this would be to governor Wolf. And I think it would be from all of us. Please do not treat restaurants in rural Pennsylvania, AKA Lawrenceville, Troy, Canton, Wellsboro, Galton, Liberty, the same as a nightclub in Philadelphia or Allegheny County. Don't forget Wyalusigan, Tawanda, and all yes. of those other towns. Like let, know, Du Shore. Right. And, yes. It's it's one thing to stand up and talk about, you know, and, and name drop Tioga County or Bradford County or Potter or, or Clarion. Like, it's, 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 they like to do that when like, we're talking about rural communities. But, you know, come up here and visit. Come up here and sit on somebody's back porch and you can see how things are are a little bit different. We, we, we do approach things in a, in a different way, and you're, you're lumping us into a lot of different statewide mandates, and it's not right. So moving on from that, I think we should, shouldn't we? We can. Yes, we right. can. We can sit here and talk all day. Seth, talk a little bit about the, the investigation that um, DOJ, this would be the United States DOJ, yep. has engaged with here in the Commonwealth. So I think we all know um, I think it's like 67 point some percent of all fatalities in this Commonwealth came from long term care, so nursing homes, uh, skilled nursing facilities. Um, and one of the reasons there were five governors who had an order that if um, there was a, a, a resident of a long term care facility who tested positive for COVID, they were put back into the nursing home. Right. And think about that. You know, you want to protect the most vulnerable. Where are our most vulnerable? They're, they're in the nursing home. They're they're the ones that you have any kind of respiratory illness. Um, they're the ones that that are gonna uh, unfortunately um, get hit the hardest. Well, for, and by the very way of their living conditions, they're in a small residential area mm-hmm. together. We all know. Anybody knows. It's one-on-one nursing home care. If something, if some. No, something comes into that home, it may be the flu or a simple cold. Everybody is going to be susceptible to that. This, To me, this the day I heard that decree, I went, you've really got to be kidding me. That must not be true. And the nursing home stood up for a while and said, we can't do this. But they were definitely overruled and told, as in so many cases, you want your license? You want to be in business? Mm-hmm. This is the way it's going to be. Yeah. So finally, the U.S. Department of Justice, um, through some some federal oversight laws, um, sent a letter to four four of those governors and asked for data uh, to to start that kind of process looking into this. Um, I, I personally, I think it's about time because again, had that had that not happened, and we see it from other states, uh, people want to criticize Florida and Texas and, and all these big states. They they don't have the fatalities we have in this state. They don't. Um, and you know, they absolutely don't have the, the fatalities in long-term care, uh, that we have in this state. So I, I think it's a good thing that they're finally looking at it. I don't know why our, you know, supposedly independent attorney general hasn't investigated this policy. He has launched an investigation into quote, the nursing homes themselves. Uh, but I don't think they, as part of their target is governor Wolf and those orders he gave out, um, to, to try to demand it. And I'll tell you, some nursing homes um, rebuked the, the Department of Health and said, we're not taking them. And those are probably um, the facilities that don't have the, the kind of the 
the caseloads um, were the ones that, that actually did take those patients back because their entire effort, remember, was bending the curve. They didn't want overwhelming in the hospital, so they didn't want anybody in the hospitals, so let's just ship them back to the nursing home. Um, but it, our hospitals were never overrun. We no. did a podcast with the hospital association mm-hmm. folks, and they're like, Clint, it never happened. In fact, they were really in dire straits because mm-hmm. they didn't have mm-hmm. business. Right. Not looking for COVID, but looking for their normal business, right. which mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to do. Right. And by the way, I think there's, there's looking back and the data we're going to get, I think we're going to see more fatalities, not from COVID, but from the shutdown uh, because people couldn't get health care. Right. Um, they delayed probably critical um, surgeries and preventative measures um, through that time. You have overdose deaths, which we're finally um, seeing data coming out overdoses and suicides are up we actually in new york have more fatalities from suicides overdose and long-term care than we do um actual fatalities from the general public from from covid19 so i mean when, when you go back was 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 the complete shutdown worth it um and that's something we're going to debate and you know um sweden is a probably a good example they never had a shutdown um, they tried to protect their long-term care facility, but general public was not shut down. You know, is that how we handle this moving forward? Um, but again, if you don't have honest-to-goodness data um, and open data sources, we're never going to have those real conversations, honest conversations. And I know this, too, because I am chair of the insurance committee, so I get to talk with these folks. And I do know that several of our premier hospital systems in the state, very shortly after this chaotic thing started with nursing homes, they had zero cases in their homes. They felt they were not going to have because they really knew what the what they could do to control it all. They offered state uh, help to the state to the Department of Health uh, secretary and the governor's office, and they were turned down. We have this. We're taking care of it. That's what they were told, it, to their dismay. Mm-hmm. To talk about information, getting information, we're going to transition into our final topic here on this podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about the car show debacle. So I feel a lot of you remember the Carlisle car show was, uh, they changed how they were going to do it. They changed to pretty much all outside, really scale, scaled back, but still felt it was a, there was a way to, for folks to be able to drive their car in, haul their car in, show the car, have some fun. Um, and so they were moving forward, mm-hmm. and Department of Health stepped in and said, no, you can't do this. When the judge asked Department of Health, uh, explain to me how Governor Wolf can show up to a protest, violate his own orders, and yet Carlisle Color Show can't move forward with theirs. I think the writing on the wall. Um, and we normally don't get that out of judges in Pennsylvania. No. I know I know. my did constituents. The, did the other party not answer? I can't explain that. Yeah, they, they basically. They um, said, give us some time. Yeah. Like, ah, can we yeah. go chat? Yeah, And then what happened was, well, all of a sudden the car show kept going on, mm-hmm. and, and everything kind of went away. Yeah. And we were all kind of like, well, that was interesting. What just happened here? And everybody, and here we are in the, the end of August, you know, or middle of August, this, this came out. Seth, talk a little bit about, well, I want to talk first, okay, about the process. Okay, the right to know offices, Tina... Right to know is so important. You've been in the house for how many years? Right to know. Oh, 20 years. Right to know uh, is, is vital to the public. 
That's how they know. They can find out what really went on and get the information. And we're here today with the uh, absolute king of right to know because yeah, right. he, he actually got it back on the books in PA when the governor the had said he was not going to honor that during uh, an emergency declaration. Seth said, oh, yes, oh, yes you, you are. are. Yeah. That's right. And that was that bill that we talked about, the transparency bill. I forget the number. But um, – we, we talked a lot about that. We encouraged everybody. We got it through the House, Senate. The governor said, I'm going to veto this. And then when push came to shove, he didn't really have a leg to stand on, right? No. And I, so he let it come in, become yeah. law. And then a few weeks later, a reporter starts asking questions. Mm-hmm. You can take it from here. Yeah, and uh, through a right-to-know request, a reporter asked for, for the, the document um, that was signed by the Car Show and Department of Health uh, that allowed them to operate moving forward. Um, basically the, the department agreed with the process the car show was using cause they, they were abiding by, you know, the, the green status at that time, by the way, cause those statuses have changed, um, throughout the, this process. Um, and, uh, the department of health requested that it be confidential, that the agreement be confidential. So no other entity. Um, wedding venues, um, fairs, carnivals. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure you have firemen's fairs as major fundraisers for, for your fire departments. We do in York. They were all shut down. Um, they could have actually been operating using this same um, agreed to order this entire time, which puts huge strain on an entity that it then on entities that are already hurting, you know, across the state. Um, so without the right to know, we wouldn't have known, we wouldn't have seen it. Um, it just would have been tucked away and, and everybody moving on. That's why it's so critical to ensure we have transparency in government. And honestly, for all of the, I mean, part of the bill was release of data. There's no reason they can't release aggregate data. Like we don't need to know like Seth Grove's social security number, medical number, full history, but you should know, um, 40, can I say I'm 35? I'm really 40. I'm going to go 40. 40-year-old white male from your county, zip code 17315, tested positive for COVID on this date, um, quarantined for X amount, had these symptoms, because a lot of states do. Uh, if you go to Florida... New York State does. Yeah. I'm on the border, and my uh, folks from over that are near the border will tell mm-hmm. me all the time the statistics they get from New York State. I'm not bragging up New York State because they've done so many things mm-hmm. wrong, but that is one of the things. They are much more... Uh, complete in their reporting yeah you can see symptoms by county um so if if you have different symptoms showing in different counties you have all that data um our ours are kept tight and you have to basically uh file a right to know request and force them to release the data um which which doesn't doesn't also help them and provide public confidence in their decisions Exactly. I want to ask a question. Sure. I don't believe we're suggesting that the car show should not have been able to operate. We're suggesting that they found a way to operate safely that should have been allowed to several other entities, correct? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Okay. They, yeah. okay. they took the guidelines at the time and, and looked at a way to do it in a safe way. And, and, and I believe they did. And, and then to I think what bugs me about the whole thing is that they requested that this be kept quiet. Mm-hmm. They is the state, the yeah. state not the car show. No, the, right. not the car show. No. no, the car show would have had they no had problem. They had to do what they had to do to get to yeah. going. Right. Yeah. But but for the state to say we want this to be quiet, and then to not then to say we're not interested in opening up the right to know offices because we know that now all of a sudden all the things that we've been doing 
Hmm? And how many other secret agreements are there out there? Are there any? We don't know. Yeah. What about well, all of the uh, essential, non-essential business decisions? Exactly. Yeah. So, Seth, thank you for your leadership on that. And it's so, so Hey, listen, th- that is a win for the General Assembly. You know, it, it was unanimously passed by the House and Senate, Republicans and Democrats alike. Um, and without that unanimous support with, and, and, and the advocacy of, of all the members of, of the General Assembly, the public, the News Media Association, heck, the ACLU, uh, the governor was put in a bind and forced to actually sign that. Um, I, I really think we would have had a veto override. Oh, absolutely. You, that. you know, oh, I, for I, sure. I, was, uh, I tell people that we have difficulty these days in the divided times of even getting an unanimous vote on naming a bridge. Mm-hmm. And we got it on that because we knew, everybody knew, yeah. both parties, both sides, both uh, sides of the Capitol knew how important that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they would have called us in that Monday. Yeah, I think Kerry took over as, as leader when that was happening, and, and he's he like, it's first thing we do. It's done. Yeah, done. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for coming out today and for your commitment to your commonwealth, your community, and your country. And we started out this by talking a little bit about my son's pigs, which are right over there, which we'll go see in a few minutes. I can tell where they are by the odor. It's not. Oh, you oh I'm not. just kidding. I'm just <laughs> That's kidding. the pig farm down the road, I'm sure. I but, don't smell anything, really. No, but um, so my, my final question for each of you. Now, I, I think I know that the answer is bacon, but what is your favorite pork product? And is, is it bacon? Bacon makes everything better, but I do yeah. love a okay. pork yeah. chop. Okay, so I'm going to, so bacon, we all understand you can't, can't be bacon. Okay, since we know that's number one. So what is your second favorite pork product? Well, I guess I already gave it away. A really good pork chop. I just love a good pork chop. And I want to be where I can chew the bone at the end and not have to be embarrassed about picking it up and doing that. So at home. Or ribs. Ribs are great, too. Seth? Scrapple. Oh, that's a southern dish. He's from the south, folks. South as in like South Pennsylvania, South, 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 South Central Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, one of the sense. best breakfast food. It's phenomenal, especially when it's fresh, what thick cut, you, fried. What do you put on it? I put uh, pancake syrup or king syrup on it. King syrup? Yeah. What's what the, is what that? Is that? Uh, it's like molasses. Oh. Yeah. Heavy duty syrup. Oh yeah, it's you phenomenal. You should come up here and make breakfast for us sometime. I could do that. I love the like, and we'll, we'll at our at a family table sometimes. My wife, what do you know? The, the number one decision, what do you want for dinner tonight, right? Um, ours, it's, it's a long debate. We start in the morning. What do you want for dinner tonight? And we usually end up at like 4 or 5. And a lot of times it's just like, hey, how about breakfast for dinner? Oh, it's we grew up doing that. It's the that. best. But it wasn't, we didn't have the scrapple part, so yeah. we missed something there. You did. So yeah. I would say for me, like ham loaf. There's just something about ham loaf that's... They served that big time in the Soviet Union. Like, communists love... No, I'm just kidding. That's not true at all. <laughs> okay, sausage. I love spicy well, sausage. Well, a good sausage, yeah. That's yeah, almost that's Scrapple. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. We, had, we had really good sausage that it's we that got It's that mystery meat of Scrapple that really I, I just... Hmm, what's this? Huh. I know, but they... they Is that, that a snout? <laughs> tail? Mm. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, folks, that's all the time that we have for today's conversation with Clint. Again, this is our effort to keep you informed of what's going on and getting information directly out to you, our constituents. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time uh, to be here, guys. I appreciate your efforts. I know, Seth, you drove a long ways to be here. Beautiful drive. I'm going to take you out for lunch at a restaurant. 
after this, and Tina. I'm, I'm excited about that. We're yes. going to a restaurant. I'm really excited that's about right. that. Mm-hmm. I, I actually know where it is. I passed it on the way. And I'm like, aha, that's the one he mentioned. That's where we're right going. there. But so, thank you for yeah. taking the time to drive over. And folks, if there is anything that we can do for you, our constituents, please reach out to our offices. We are here to help you with any state-related issues. Thanks for tuning in.